This morning's sermon is titled, God's Timing. We're about to read a passage from Luke where Jesus heals a woman on the Sabbath. She's healed on God's time. This, of course, happens in contrast to the way the religious leaders of Jesus' time want it to happen. They kept time differently. They embody a way of keeping time that is not God's. But if we can get on God's time, when we are in rhythm with God's timing, what we find is that on God's time, in God's timing, there is wholeness and there is healing. This is in, at the forefront or in, in, our, in our heads as we turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 13, verses 10 through 17. Now Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and just, when, and just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. And then he laid his hands on her, and immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant, because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, he kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which... Work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman and her, ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 long years, ought she not be set free from this bondage on this Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things Jesus was doing. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Duke Hospital is a quiet place on the weekends. Well, it's, it's quieter than normal. If you've visited somebody or if you've been there, you know this. You know that during the weekday, it is very busy. Early in the morning, doctors make their rounds. Parking is difficult. During the mid-morning, it's almost impossible. The surgical waiting areas stay full during the day. And the emergency room even has its peak hours where it is full, standing room only, unfortunately. But on the weekends, the halls are quiet. There's room in the cafeteria. The line is not all the way out the door at Starbucks, you know, the important stuff. Much of the staff is at home, and if we're to believe the stereotype, all of the surgeons have driven their Porsches to the golf course for Saturday morning. But you and I both know accidents, emergencies, Those things don't know the difference between a weekday and a weekend, do they? Strokes, kidney stones, heart attacks, labor. It doesn't wait till Monday morning 
to fit within a schedule. Those things happen when they happen, on their own time, usually not on a schedule, and sometimes when it's not really all that convenient for the patient or for the hospital. We've been there. We've been there with someone or we have been someone who's needed the hospital to help us on our time, not on the hospital's time. And they have. Because, you know, the best way for a hospital to go out of business would be to put a closed sign on the front door at certain times of the week. Quit treating people for emergencies nights and weekends, right? Nobody wants that kind of hospital. Nobody wants a place for physical healing that only works during particular office hours. That's why doctors take turns being on call. When we're sick, we need healing. And the hospital often delivers anytime, it turns out, is hospital time. And so in the same way that Duke Hospital, or most hospitals, don't allow a day of the week to determine their ability to respond to an emergency, if we can get spiritual for a few minutes, God does not let the day of the week keep you from healing either. But God does heal on the Sabbath. In fact, maybe what we need to see most is that God heals on the Sabbath. Now, the conflict in this, in this Bible story, in this passage, is obvious. The religious leaders are pushing against Jesus because he, he healed on the Sabbath day. As we read in verse 17, everyone was rejoicing because of what Jesus was doing, but the religious leaders saw it another way. Can you believe what that religious leader said? That ridiculous statement. He says, there are six days on which one ought to do work. Come on those days and be cured. Not on the Sabbath day. I mean, it doesn't seem like the kind of religious community I would want to be a part of. There's no way around the absurdity of this statement because, like I said, if Duke Hospital were to say to anyone, look, there's plenty of hours you can get sick, why are you getting sick during these overnight hours? You've had nine months for that baby to come. Why are you having that baby come at midnight on a Saturday? That would be the end of that, wouldn't it? But the the religious leaders of Jesus' time, it's like this is what they saw. They had become so rigid and so fearful and so stuck in the way that they wanted to do things and the ways that they had interpreted scriptures over time that they had ceased to allow room for God to work. Their religion and their religiosity had become so profoundly entrenched there wasn't room for the power of God to work within their lives anymore. Therefore, Jesus is a threat to that. Jesus comes offering something different. Jesus comes bringing about the true power of God, a power that can't be kept at bay, a power that will come as it will, just like an ill-timed kidney stone will come as it does. Although God coming is much better news than kidney stones. 
God comes. Nights, weekends, God comes because when God is ready to reach in and to heal and to provide, there's nothing that we can do to stop it. And we know that nothing is going to stop Jesus from doing God's work in the world. And we know that Jesus is the embodiment of God's power and presence. And we see that this is at odds with the religious authorities of his time. This happens over and over and over again in Luke's Gospel. So beyond the reality that God will work on the Sabbath and that Duke will put a stint in one of your arteries at all hours if you need it, the religious leaders were so stuck in their ways that they could not see past their own religious, rigid religiosity that I think that God is saying something really big to us in this passage. I think that in addition to the fact that God will come at all hours and heal us as God is able. God has hidden something about the Sabbath here, right here in plain sight, that sometimes maybe we're too preoccupied to see, and it is this, it's something I've said already, God heals on the Sabbath. And to quote Jesus, as he talks about the Sabbath, he says, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath is God's gift to us. And on the Sabbath, God heals Now, embracing the reality that God heals on the Sabbath and God heals through the Sabbath is a very important thing, and it's something that is all but lost in our lives. We get spoiled because we do believe that Jesus shows up every day. We do believe that God is with us, and God is truly beside us as we toil and as we work and as we struggle through the other six days of the week. But toiling and working and grinding for six days a week isn't going to get us all the way to where God wants us to go or where we want to go. The truth is, we need the Sabbath to become healed and to become more whole. And that's hidden right here today. We presume that for years, this woman, 18 years, she had been coming She probably had been praying to be healed for 18 years. Each year her hunch got a little bit greater. Her back got a little bit worse. Her needs were a little bit more clear. And she prayed over and over and over again, God, please help me because only you can. And then one day, finally, through her faithfulness, Jesus brings healing. She walks away praising God. And her good news is an example to everyone except for those who want the Sabbath to happen on their time, to happen their way. Her good news is good for everyone, except for those who already had plans on the Sabbath, except for those who had other things that they wanted to go on and do, except for those religious leaders in the text who said the Sabbath had to be this way, and God probably might not work in that way. God goes to work in her life because she gathered and she worshipped and she was present with God on the Sabbath. God heals on the Sabbath. And this causes us to wonder, how might God heal us on the Sabbath today? It's easy for us to miss in this passage 
that there's a spiritual healing that happens on the Sabbath. This is a physical healing that Jesus does, but you and I have burdens and ailments beyond the physical that we need God to be at work in. We have ailments that can only be healed by getting in rhythm with God's time. You and I, though, we have lives that are busy. We have phones that never turn off. We have emails that come in at all hours of the day and night. And we have schedules and children's schedules that get bogged down by people and things that exist outside of us. We're overworked, we're underpaid, and we're all tempted to believe that if we, that if we just keep going a little bit harder and a little bit faster, maybe success and freedom and healing would come, but it won't. It's false. Not attending to the Sabbath will only leave us spent, wrung out, and completely exhausted. Recently, I read a book by a former pastor and author named Rob Bell, and he happened upon the notion of the Sabbath towards the end of his book. He writes about how God heals on the Sabbath when we allow room for God to do so. This is what he writes. I was reading a book about the Exodus story in the Bible and how the Hebrews were slaves in Egypt and had to make bricks every day. Bricks, bricks, bricks. Day after day. Every day the same. Now that's despair when every day looks like every other day. But then these Hebrews Hebrews are rescued from Egypt And they're brought out into the desert where God commands them to set aside one day a week and do not do work. And some of them just can't do it. They literally can't take a day off of work. In Egypt, their worth and their value as slaves came from how many bricks they produced. Then when they left that life, they left an understanding of what it meant for them to be a human being. And so, one of the first things they're told to do is to spend one day a week remembering that they are not slaves and that their worth and their value does not come from how many bricks they produce. One day a week set aside to remind themselves that they are human beings, not humans doing. So, Bell writes, we, our family, decided to Take the Sabbath seriously because the Sabbath is when you spend your day remembering that efficiency and production are not God's highest goals for your life. Joy is. The Sabbath is the day when things that are broken get fixed and when things that within you that have been been torn, they can be mended because God heals on the Sabbath. The Sabbath is the day that God heals us. So even if the, the rigid people get in the way and try to demand something else, even if the schedule says you should or shouldn't be doing something else, even if you're not sure you want to stop because you'd rather be somewhere else, the fact of the matter is God heals on the Sabbath. For the Sabbath is the thing that makes us different from everyone else. The Sabbath, Sabbath is when God can most work if we let God, if we trust Him, if we'll turn off our phones and open our calendars and quit chasing leisure activities everywhere and turn ourselves over to truly 
fully embrace God's healing power and presence, then on the Sabbath we might begin to be healed. When we can figure out how to enter the Sabbath, we enter into God's timing where we are healed. Because God heals on the Sabbath. In the face of the religious authorities, despite what they thought the Old Testament should have said, it's hidden, but it's obvious, and it's what happens when we get on God's timing instead of our own. Walter read from Jeremiah, Before I created you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart to make you a prophet to the nations. These words were spoke to the prophet Jeremiah at the beginning of his story, and they're a part of our story as well. God knows us. God knows what we need. God's prepared us for wonderful things. And so God gave us the Sabbath. And in Luke 13, we see that Jesus heals on the Sabbath. And it's just one of many times when Jesus was active on the Sabbath, doing things for his people that only God could do. And so though you and I have not gathered today for physical healing, I don't think, we are tired, we're overactive, many of us need a break. We need rest and our souls need healing. And the good news is that God heals on the Sabbath. Do you hear that? Are you willing to believe it? The world outside of these walls is not going to make it easy for you. They have things that they want you to do. They've got things they want to sell you. They've got things you need to show up for, and they've got things they want you to produce. And all of that is fine for the other six days of the week. But that's not the kind of schedule you can keep seven full days of that if you want peace. And that's not the way we need to live if we want to know something different than a rat race. God has a rhythm for our lives to live within. Six days we work, and on the Sabbath we show up, we bring our whole self to the Lord, and God starts to heal. Do you want that? Are you ready for that? I suspect we need it. I suspect God will go to work if we give it a try. I look forward to seeing how God heals us as we show up to allow God to heal on the Sabbath. Amen.